You're listening to a Morley Radio production. Hello and welcome to Powered by You. My name is Zeno and I'm your host. And this is a community-based podcast that will be used as a platform to raise awareness and talk about social impacts and local trends that actually have an influence on our everyday lives. Welcome to the fourth episode of Powered by You. For today's episode, we'll be talking about how civic participation can contribute towards tackling serious youth violence. Today, I'm joined with Philip Lita, who's from RBKC's community safety team. And I'm joined with Walid, who's a young adult who works in the Vinda local community. Thanks for joining both. Thanks for having us. No worries. Pleasure to be here. Absolutely. Yeah, how's it been? How's, what's the latest things that's been happening in your world of community safety? Um, anything exciting? Well, you know, it's, especially in my role, I get the opportunity to um, create and design um, new projects and positions like within what we do. So I get to see things come up from scratch. So recently we've got a community development coordinator that started. Uh-huh, and that's yeah. a role that I was involved in kind of designing the job role for that as well. Uh, so we've got that happening as well. And obviously here, being here with you guys. But I've missed out the most important question yes. is how are you? How how you been? Like, <laughs> Do you know what? I'm really, really good. It's, it's again, I, I'm... My... How are you feeling? How are you feeling this week? How am I feeling? Yeah, it's Do only you... Tuesday. <laughs> We're not halfway there. I'm feeling excited. I'm feeling um, uh, like I'm good. I'm ready to go. Um, I'm no days the same. I'm go- I've gone from the office to doing a podcast. Not many, not, not, not many people can say that. So yeah, really. You're excited. living the dream. I'm living the dream. The high life, <laughs> really as they say. To be here, okay. absolutely. So you said you got so many things going on. What yeah. is it that you do? That what's your, what's your role called exactly? What, what is it that you do within community safety? Yeah. So I'm the serious youth violence coordinator. So it's a really serious name, and. Uh, essentially if you can imagine i'm the ultimate middleman i connect services within the rbkc uh a borough that's statutory and non-statutory statutory mean there's services that are directly funded by the government i.e your social services uh, police um early help all those kind of services that help under 18s and adults as well as non-statutory so that's your third sector organizations charities youth clubs um uh, various kind of initiatives in the community. So I lead on the kind of the serious youth violence uh, response or approach within the borough. Oh, that's that's actually very full on. You know, I don't know how you, you find the capacity that. to do you, you didn't expect that. I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> but you know what? I always know you to work hard. You're a hard worker. Like, so yeah, I was yeah. I was kind of expecting you to say something along those lines. <laughs> I'm not that surprised. But all right, that's enough about you. You, you said you're taking the spotlight. Now, obviously, we have with these... Uh, <laughs> How you been? How's things? Um, I'm well. I'm well. I'm really busy as always, you know, because I'm I'm on the ground in the community. So I'm usually like I see actively the young people, and I try to be like a positive role model, role model for them. So they kind of see like what I get up to on a day to day, and I try and like help them out in terms of not only with their educational work placements, whatever it might be, but just mentoring in general. You know, try and get them away from certain lifestyles which are really attractive to the young people nowadays on road. But me myself, I'm well. I'm well. Can't I'm complain. Glad to hear that. <laughs> how, how long have you been doing this job for? If don't mind me asking. In this borough, I've been here yeah. for about coming up to two years now. Um, I've been working with young people in general for about seven years now, seven to eight years. So um, I've worked in the youth team as well. So always been working with 
this field of work in, in particular. Right. Well, who's it you work for? Um, I work with St. Giles at the moment. So I'm a senior caseworker at St. Giles Trust. Uh, we're based all over. Um, so we're based all over London and even outside London and other cities as well. But um, I'm based in Ladbroke Grove area. That's where my office is. Okay. But yeah. I work around all over the borough. So, yeah. So is it 50-50 between oh, north and south? Yeah, it is. It's, it's literally 50-50. Like, it's, so the north of the borough is where um, I used to work with a lot of young people. But recently I started working with a lot more people in the south of the borough. So okay. it's all over. Yeah. That'll be interesting to find out about mm-hmm. uh, later on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, for real. How the two differ from each other. Yeah. Um, but obviously for today's topic, obviously we're trying to think... How mm-hmm. can we less? It would be best for us to define what civic participation is to start with, and what serious youth violence is in two separate <clears> terms, <throat> yeah. rather than talk about them uh, both in one setting. Uh, I think that's a good way to start. So, I f- like, if we start with potential, the first potentially the first question is: How would you explain what civic participation is in simple terms? Yeah, I think probably the most simple terms to look at it is. Um, of voluntary activities that an individual or group can take part in. It can be in a formal or informal setting. So, i.e. volunteering at your local youth club, kind of uh, either men- helping out, out mentoring or whatnot, or kind of uh, kind of engaging with the elderly, for instance, at your local um, uh, residential place and things like that. Or bingo night. Or bingo night, night exactly. <laughs> or, you know, kind of even kind of supporting with uh, voting um registrations at your local council things like that mm. yeah, yeah yeah do you have a similar view on what his definition is yeah very much so um i do have a very similar point of view it's definitely about making sure the community um takes the lead and everyone mm. gets involved in the same community so, perspective um okay so if we understand we're on the same page of what civic participation is mm-hmm. now the question is how can we attract people towards being involved to a certain extent um for example we're looking at 18 to 30 year olds um increasing their involvement yeah and when you say helping out your local bingo night or maybe just uh doing uh what's it called uh voting registration yeah, yeah. registrations mm-hmm. and some might think yeah that's for me but then is it the majority we're looking at or the minority yeah, well, that's a really, really good question because especially the target group we're looking at in terms of like young adults, yeah. you know, 19 to 30 year olds and things like that and um, working for free or, or doing something outside of your immediate kind of responsibilities isn't the first thing on your mind type of thing. Or why would, why would it be important? Why would I want to do that's this? That's it, that's it. And so, um, and it's, I, I was very fortunate, for instance, I started volunteering from the age of 18 so I worked at my local youth offending service. I also worked for a local MP, but more in relation to this, I, I volunteered at my local youth service and I was working full time at my local ASDA. Right, at the time. Yeah. So I was doing two things, wearing a green uniform that day and uh, <laughs> working at the youth, local youth offending service. And I guess what the benefits are, there are very various benefits that I got to know then that I think answers your question in terms of how can we make something like this more attractive to people. That's true. Yeah. Uh, but then, I'd, yeah, 100% agree with you. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think we need to understand, or when I say we, as in the community needs to understand the impact it has, what kind of positive right. impact it can have on society. Yeah. So that's the question. How does civic participation impact our society? 
Yeah, well, I think it, it brings communities close together. It brings, um, you know, uh, people people providing their time and their experiences and resources into others. You're impacting and, and, and doing that, um, helping individuals or groups. So like I said, I worked with young people. And if you're, say, for instance, you're a local entrepreneur, business owner, and you volunteer, for instance, again, working at the youth, local youth offending service, you can provide your expertise and experiences into that. Yeah. As well. So you're tying people together. Actually, your local a lot of people it's known that a lot of people who are involved in voluntary activity are physically healthier. They take part in physical activity. They're happier as well. Because obviously they're socializing more and they engage in positive activity, meaningful activity with other people. Okay. Yeah. That that's um there's a lot of options. So there's clearly clearly there's 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 not a lack of variety there. No. So so obviously now we've uh, we lead stated that he works with young people throughout different um wards or which or should we say the borough in general. Yeah. Um is it something that is on your checklist to get people more involved in uh community initiatives? Absolutely, yeah. Um, so one of the things I do as well in my field of work is also I try to make um, relationships with different partners in the borough. So I go to different community centres, different organisations, right. and I try to build relationships with them. And what I've noticed is that they the feedback that they give me is that they've got amazing facilities. They might have a music studio, they may have a sports mm. gym, but the young people are not coming in to use it. So that's right. where I, someone like myself, is able to bridge the gap because I actively work with them. I can almost bridge the gap and just bring the young people to them services. And then they'll be also best of both worlds, like Hannah Montana. So yeah, <laughs> so that's what I'm trying to do. So I'm that's, trying to... That's what, what, yeah, yeah, I'm hearing it. I'm hearing mm-hmm. what you're saying and it does sound great, but then we got to face the reality side of things. Yeah. What obstacles do you face? Because um, saying that if you have... Uh, facilities of XYZ that are worth amount, you know, a certain amount of money and some people are keen to um, engage in these initiatives but then we've got to look at, for, look at those who don't want to mm-hmm. engage and question, ask ourselves why is that? So in terms of your obstacles, what, what do they tend to look like when you do come across them? Um, I'd say what it is is that most of the young people that want to that, that even would go to these community centers. They don't feel attached to it at all. They don't have no relationship with it in the past, mm. you know? Mm. Um, whereas like myself, where I'd go to my local community center back in the day, and but that's because I used to go there when I was younger. Whereas these young people nowadays, they never have any sort of ties to it ever. They, they were aware of this place when they were younger, but they don't have it. So it's just about building that new relationship. And also they okay. may be frowned upon for previous other things or just their status so it's very difficult to actually fair enough do that i get you so would you say partly the the part reason to blame is is certain organizations tend to have a high turnover of staff for example which might disturb the whole rhythm of having that relationship with young people coming through the doors um because if you end up if you're a young adult that is looking to connect with someone and have a commonality Mm -hmm. that you could you know just embark on your journey on sort of thing so um if you just just about manage to connect to someone the next minute they've moved on yeah for whatever reason then you see a new face coming and you just think to yourself do i have that same social battery within me to actually start from scratch again Mm -hmm. to talk about what my needs are or to talk about what my interests are stuff like that Mm -hmm. so do you think these are external factors that we can't control that might contribute towards people not having an interest in engaging in such activities. 
Yeah, so wide range question because we're looking at ages from 19 to 30. 18 to 30. 18 yeah. to 30. Yeah. So, like I said, in terms of when I joined, I became a volunteer at 18, or I'm looking at the age range. <clears throat> And I, I also work and mentor with students from university, for instance, and they don't always understand that it's not just academic uh, uh, qualifications that, for instance, is going to get you a career job. Um, the experience of doing voluntary work and getting experience from that is what's going to benefit you. And so what um, people understand is some of the benefits and advantages of from civic participation, building up your, your network, building up your experiences, building up your human resource, uh, kind of your, your own kind of, human resources and people that you know. And I think um, kind of getting that information out there and, and letting them know that that's what they can do. Obviously, as you get older and you might be in, in, already in a full-time job or whatnot, mm. the f first thing you're saying is, well, I don't have time. I don't have time. I've got my own that's type it. of thing is. And the thing is, there's different avenues, different things that you can do. You don't have to necessarily dedicate a whole day. You can dedicate an hour or two, depending on what organization is out there, or on the weekend for an hour or two. Um, to something and at least you're giving back to your community or you're giving back to yeah to the people that are there so um it doesn't have to be formal it can be an informal setting and it's kind of having knowledge about how you can do that that's true um because i'm just you're talking and i'm hearing everything that you're saying mm -hmm. but i've i can literally just if we rewind back yeah you said you, you started this journey of yours within community safety remit or maybe in a community setting let's just say at the age of 18. yeah so you had an interest and you knew where you wanted to be no, at? No, I stumbled so, into it. You stumbled into I it? I stumbled into it. So I worked in Asda. Right. Um, I was 18 at the time. I'd be, at that point, I'd already worked there for about two years. And okay. I, I continued to work for another three years. Mm -hmm. And um, I literally, I was that student who's completed their university and wasn't getting any jobs at all. And every time I looked at, obviously, what they needed was experience. And I was... It was, I was in the late night shift. I was feeling like depressed, anxious, thinking, what was the point of doing this qualification if I'm not going to get anywhere? What the hell? Mm. I remember I turned around and the first uh, colleague I saw there, I just kind of said, oh, I'm in, this, I'm, I'm in this situation. And she was like, well, why don't you just volunteer? That's what I did. And I got into like, she got into dentistry or whatnot. She goes, yeah, you're, you're, you're ultimately experiences your currency. So mm. that's what you need and you can just work for free. What you can give is your time and energy and in return, you get experience. And the light switched on from, from there for me and that's how we continued on. So that's what kind of influenced Desperation influenced me. Yeah. So that's essentially that I had the, the need to, to, to succeed. That's the thing. So, right. yeah, so that's a good drive. That's Absolutely, a good drive. Yeah. And it's good to use these emotions as a way to progress forward. Um, yeah. But... Okay, let's say someone who had no, no ambition, no, no drive, don't know what they want to do. Yes. Uh, but they're part of a community. You can't yeah. say to someone, you're not part of a community. Um, they're, they're as much as part of the community as much as everyone else is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, how would you try to actually come forward with that? Just trying to persuade someone, trying to influence. What factors would you say influence someone that, that might not have a particular connection to their community to try to turn things around? Yeah, well, I think there's, the first question is obviously why don't they have a connection to their community and kind of get, get in the, into, the, into the weeds of that? Mm -hmm. Why do they feel disconnected from their community? And then obviously asking a lot more deeper questions and talking about meaning and what purpose is for them. What do you want to do? What do you want to achieve? And mm. um, 
and can you not is there small steps you can do to kind of uh, make that happen you know when people think of like specific participation they tend to think of like a formal process of volunteering for the cadets or to yeah. doing that kind mm-hmm. of thing and it doesn't necessarily have to be that it can be at your local church or your local mosque um, uh, maybe given an hour a day to, to doing something or just kind of uh, helping out in a in a football activity that under top 10s or under 15s are, are getting involved in obviously yeah. but the reason is why why and that's an important one that, I think that goes into uh, I guess a human intuition and kind of going back to what is it for what's yeah. the purpose why am I here and why is this important to you yeah me? and then from there it just leads on to how would you encourage it yeah so once you get someone that's willing to try it yeah how could you basically not lose that person or make them think all right i'm actually interested now instead of them losing interest and never coming back well i don't i wouldn't be scared of someone losing interest i think um the 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 one the one benefit i don't know if if, if uh wally would, would occur concur is that is um when you're when i was working for free when you're working for free or doing internships or volunteering is you're not tied down and you can, if you realize, okay, I, I, I did this, but I don't, I want to do something else. You can, you can change yeah. and you can do that. So um, find something new and find something that really intrigues you. And um, at least by doing the, the current role you're in now, you know what you're good at, you know what you enjoy yeah. and then you know what you want to move on to. Okay. Yes. I think we've heard a lot about your life experience, but we haven't heard from Williams. Yeah. Yeah. First yeah. experience where, where his journey is. You know what? Um, I'm actually really interested to find out what made you think I want to give back to the society, yeah. uh, to back to my local community as well. And okay. especially when you're hands on, pretty much like you said, you're on the ground. Yeah. Um, how did you just come to that decision that you want to be heavily involved to that extent? Um, but mine's pretty different to uh, Philip's one because um, uh, my experience is one of actually lived experience you know i actually what the young people are doing now mm. i used to do you right. know so when i was like 17 18 years old even 16 years old i used to get in trouble quite a lot with the authorities with the police you know um picked up a criminal record when i was young and so i was in, and i grew up in an estate as well sort of thing where like it was kind of notorious for like things like drug dealing and mm. trouble antisocial behavior and i was just one of them as well but I got kicked out of my secondary school. And I know it's difficult when you guys looking at me now saying, you, <laughs> but I was just naughty. You know what I mean? I wasn't right. one of the worst ones, but I was just ones that used to get carried away and join in. Mm. And there was a turning point. And the turning point was probably when I was about 18 years old. Um, I was one of the ones that was quite smart, naturally anyway, but didn't really care about education. But then one of the group of friends that I did grow up with actually got murdered. Uh, he was involved in a serious incident where like, he must have gone somewhere the night before where there was an there was something happening that was quite serious and he actually passed away there but then he was kind of like I remember speaking to him a couple of days before that and I was just like and he was just telling me things like you should continue with university you know what I mean you should keep going you know you're the only one from the ends that's doing it you know what I mean stick to it my bro and he was a bit older than me you know what I mean right. and um, I was that was for me like a personal turning point because I said to myself like he didn't need to get himself involved in that and I didn't need to be around them, these guys for so long because mm. I could have actually gone places and I yeah. could have continued to move on with my life because I didn't I wasn't really one of them you know in terms of like I didn't share the same interest I wasn't really mm. fascinated by what they were doing but it was just the money you know the quick shortcuts the easy easy access things and I learned a lot from that so that's how I kind of like 
said to myself that I wanted to kind of be a role model because mm-hmm. like a lot, a lot of the younger kids that was coming up in my area were just, I could see them going down the same path that I went down in terms of the fact that exploitation is real, you know, and it's real yeah. now and it was real back then as well. And I've seen it. I've seen little things like when a bunch of group of boys are going towards a football. I've, like me, I was, I was 14 years old. I used to go to the local football club. We're walking there and then on the way back, we're going to bump into a group of boys who are older. They're not really pressuring us or anything like that, mm. but they're going to say things like, do you like them? Um, I like your football boots, but do you want the latest ones that Ronaldo's wearing? Uh, yeah. How do I get that? Because you know you can't ask your mother because she may not be able to provide that for you. So yeah. then they'll offer you little things like, okay, cool. Come back to me tomorrow. I'll give you a hundred pound or just drop this bag there. You know, real life scenarios. You know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah, yeah. when that stuff's happening, you know what I mean? You don't, you're absolutely oblivious to it. But then mm-hmm. me, someone, someone who's kind of like, decided and got to that point where like I want to change my life it's easy for me to kind of like change that that's why what fascinated me about even getting into this field of work in the first place and since then like I've just grown from working as a volunteer in the youth uh, offending service I was a panel member and then I went to university I managed to graduate and then I went on to do my masters and then I managed to find work somewhere but then I knew that this was the field of work that I wanted to get to. And I'm still on my journey as well. There's places that I want to go and there's more things that I want to achieve. And just right now being on the ground and being that direct role model for these young people. So when they're speaking their language, like, yo, bro, what's going on, guy? guy? What are you telling me? I got that for you up. Mm-hmm. I understand them. Whereas a social worker might understand them mm-hmm. because I've grown yeah. up in it. So, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that's the advantage that I've got. Yeah. And because I'm still a professional, then they can kind of see the fact that, yes, I've got lived experience. Yes, this guy's a professional, but he speaks the same way as me. So it's just like, okay, there's hope for them. So that's how I try and do it. That's, yeah, that's, that's a bit about my personal experience. No, your personal experience is really, yeah. Yeah, you, you, you know what? Just powerful as well as upsetting to yeah. hear that you've actually gone through certain yeah. uh, situations in life and hardships, as you mm-hmm. said. Um, but then then again, it's almost like we said, you've got to use your experiences to you to make the best of the moments that you can actually yeah, yeah, uh, progress forward in. Yeah. Um, and you've actually done that. So you know what? Like you've done really well. Um, so it's just like it kind of <laughs> leads into the whole serious youth violence element because you both described what civic participation is, mm. how you would, how you actually got into it in the first place, and what it currently looks like, and how you would use your personal skills to actually mm. encourage others to get involved. So there's two different views, which is highly valuable. But then obviously now we're looking at the serious youth violence element, um, which definitely both of you are heavily involved in. What would you say are the three major factors that contribute towards serious youth violence that lead to it, shall I say? That lead to it? Yeah. Oh my word. Uh, if, you had to pick the, like, if you had to pick like top three. Fully loaded question. Right? Yeah. If you, <laughs> if you had to pick three, three, obviously I'm, I'm not saying there are only three. Yeah, yeah. There's various, but if you just had to pick the ones that stand out. Okay. Okay. Well, if I was to be concise about it, as concise <laughs> as I can be, um, there's so there's 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 elements of uh, t- I'll say sub elements of today's youth culture. So when I'm talking about youth, youth culture as a whole, but there's sub elements of, of youth culture where there's a code behavior where violence is esteemed, where violence is 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 um, is respected. So if we're in the club and you step on my shoes, I don't say, oh, sorry, mate, you stopped in my shoes. I would respond to you with violence and I'll get respect for that. 
or whatnot, uh, or if I'm uh, trying to put my will over you or to show you who's top dog, violence would be esteemed in that. In that, it, it would be the kind of result of that. So, kind of on a granular level, you might have um, situations, and I want to talk about social. I'll, I'll add social media to this because mm. I think it. It, 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 it takes things from one to ten real quick, because if me and you have a have a have a fight on a local street with just maybe Walid there, that's one thing. Walid can go tell the story how I beat you up, and people might believe <laughs> yeah. might not believe it. But if Walid films yeah. it mm. and a hundred thousand people see it, yeah. yeah, the whole the stakes change totally. And now there's an onus on you to to do more than what I did to you. Yeah, yeah. and so. Mm. Um, Unfortunately, there's a false sense of, um, in terms of that code of behavior, there's a false sense of what, when and where violence should be used and what respect is. And so um, I think I think that's what you have, where you have obviously young people sometimes in, in what's happening at times, we have young people on, on, who live on separate estates who, for the sake of showing that my area or my estate or my group is better or tougher than yours mm. would... Mm -hmm. Um, provoke each other on, online for instance and then um, these things were spit out on the street obviously this isn't the only reason like you said but I, I think that's one of the one of the so violence things. is one of the factors so the a code of a code of behavior around violence and then social media which kind of expands on that and I think the third thing would be um, I think kind of again tied to that is is I have to think about it. Let you said there was a lot that you wish I start. <laughs> there's, there's two. There's the yeah, there is. There's there's times I think I, th I think okay on the third level it will be more around and I think it's a little bit less so but it's just as important around the economics of it in terms of um, violence for the purpose of uh, gaining economic interest out of it whether it's robbery violent robbery mm -hmm. I'll take your mm -hmm. chain I'll beat you up or um, essentially me taking over a particular territory or or, or, or block to kind of run a, a right illegal businesses from so we have violence social media and so a code of behavior around violence social yeah. media and i guess economic reasons economic, yeah. yeah okay um what would you say uh will you do you have a similar top three or is it a bit different to it's definitely very similar top three um, Not that, nothing that you wouldn't change or have no, something no. else that you might put in. Like, trying to pit him against me. Like, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, it would be good to see two different um, other factors as well. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, if, you, if, you, if you brought in three factors, yes, that are that you consider that are the highest, um, they potentially lead to serious youth violence. Yes, it would be good to see something um, that will lead is on the ground. Yeah. absolutely. His yeah. opinion might change. From this week to next week, on what the biggest three influential factors sure. that lead towards serious yeah. violence. Yeah. Uh, because as we're living now, things are changing. Um, people are interests are changing as well, um, and also just various factors. And music is music is also evolving as well. Um, so maybe yeah. um, your three are are still valid. I'm not saying they're not. <laughs> I'm just saying it will be good to get two different answers. I, yeah. yeah it's true interesting you said music as well because I've been asked like so much times what do you think of the genre drill and how does that impact um, young people in particular and at first I was like no it's just a music you know it's not that deep 
Mm-hmm. And then I started working in Kensington, Chelsea, and I saw how <laughs> <laughs> music here is on another level and how it definitely incites um, some sort of violence and, a re- and there's a reaction that comes from it. But then you've seen how people have become really successful of music. And yeah. then you've seen how people have kind of like um, used music as like to almost explain themselves and expose what they're doing at the moment and almost like brag and then it kind of yeah. makes them weak and vulnerable to the point that people want to just get back to them and attack them and you know it's vice versa and it's just definitely the power aspect the money aspect mm-hmm. the drugs aspect you know there's so much different yeah. things that can contribute to why seriously finances are all-time high um things like protection is underlooked as well mm-hmm. um young people feel like to they to be secure to be safe they have to almost be also in this lifestyle as well. So that's why they, I've come across so many young people who just carry knives on a day to day. They don't see, they don't feel no type of way about it. Mm. They're carrying knives and I'm speaking to them. I'm like, you're speaking to me now. Like, why do you need to carry a knife? It's not because of you. It's because when, as soon as I leave here, you know, I might see it come across someone who doesn't like me and then I might have to react mm. because they've mm. got a knife. That's mm. the only reason why I've got a knife. And it's just that fear, mm. you know what I mean? So people kind of overlook it sometimes, but fear, is something that can add to serious youth violence because if you're scared of something, like you don't want to be hurt, you don't want to be caught, you don't want to be in any sort of altercation. So you're going to carry yeah. a knife as a protection in their head. And I'm trying That's trying true. to turn them away from that and make mm. them understand it's not worth it. It takes things like someone getting stabbed that was close to them, somebody getting seriously hurt or actually being stabbed themselves for them to hit that point where they've hit that reachable, teachable moment where they can kind of change their lives, I guess. That's true. Okay, that's that's really good. Mm. Good way of explaining it and putting yeah. it forward. But what about factors that you don't have control over, such as being related to someone, being friends with someone, being born into a certain family? For example, that's it's sad to say, but it has a track record mm. of yeah. certain certain things that go on. Um, you just automatically enrolled into the course of life, and you just have to basically um, look out for your safety. Uh, how would would you say that's a big factor, or was it was it a minor factor in the field of serious youth violence? So, uh, in terms of like, say, for instance, uh, I know I know that statistically speaking, a lot of um, fatherless homes, for instance, or absent fathers um, having homes like that uh, are used to correlate between violence and um, gang involvement and things like that. Um, it's not to say, kind of speak. Uh, disparagingly towards single mothers or anything like that. I came from a single parent home for a period of time in my life as well. Um, but statistically speaking, um, a lack of a, ro- uh, a male role model or father in the house p- pays a big, big part into that because if you don't have someone there to teach you in terms of relationships and how to deal with conflict, for instance, um, mm. you don't have a direct reference to that. Somebody else is going to teach you that. Somebody else in your local estate or on the social media or anything like that will teach you that. And they won't teach you necessarily what someone like a family member or father would who care for you, they'll teach you their own way. And so a yeah. response to violence, uh, violence can be contribute from that. So that's having, uh, for example, um, what you described there is having an empty gap in the household setting. Yeah. But what if, let's just say you have a family, uh, a full set family. Yeah. Um, but then again, the family that you're involved in, yeah, that's I've already it. been involved. Yeah, yeah. That's and you just it. happen to be in yeah. that. You can't choose which family you're born into. Absolutely, yeah. Um, so that's, that's what yes. we're saying is the factor. Is that a severe factor? Or is that, would you consider that as, ah, oh, you know, it's not 
as it's not a major factor that could contribute towards serious youth violence? Is it a big determinant? Well, it's difficult to say in terms of statistically. I can only speak anecdotally in terms of my own experiences. I would say right. mean, from my, myself when I was a gangs worker as well. I think you can it can play out two ways. You can have um, young people, individuals, for instance, whether you come from a violent home or a home, for instance, where there's drug misuse or alcoholism, it's either one or two responses. One, oh, I've seen the effects of alcohol, I've seen the events of violence, I'm never gonna drink alcohol, I'm never gonna get involved in violence. And so they take a different path. And the other one is alert behavior. Well, this is how you respond if there's this disrespect, mm-hmm. or this is how you respond if there's uh, something going on and you take on that behavior. How um, prevalent or significant that is in the kind of wider picture amongst the young people we work with is difficult to say, but it does. I think it does play a role. I think if, you know, working with young people in any capacity, if the parents or those that they live with are, for instance, involved in criminality or violence or anything like that, it is that much harder because even if they have a positive one-hour mentoring session with you, they still got to go back home. That's it. And especially if you crumble under peer pressure. Yeah. And it doesn't help if it's coming from your own family members or just mm-hmm. friends that you consider close as well. Um, it's going to be a big obstacle to, to try and overcome. Um, but yeah, just it's a bit of uh, something to think about, I suppose. How can we reduce serious youth violence through civic participation? Well, the benefits of civic participation, what we were talking about earlier, is it, talk, it talks about building connections within the community, and that's from young to old. You know, nowadays, uh, we sometimes we, we live in an increasing society where we don't even know the names of our next-door neighbours. We don't know their birthdays or anything. We don't know nothing about each other. We go to and fro. And so when you live in a an increasing environment where everybody's isolated, you care less about what's happening. If you care less about what's happening in your immediate facility, what's happening a little bit wider in your community, you care less and less about. But if you increase civil part, uh, participation, for instance, people in, getting involved in different ways, whether it's being a panel member at your local youth offending service, whether it's um, kind of volunteering and working with um, you know, 10 to 15 year olds in, your, in mm. the local football park or something like that, you build a connection, you build a state, you're a stakeholder now in your community. And so by doing that, by connecting people um, and people working together, you have a, a greater chance in terms of reducing, not just violence, but in terms of, I guess, criminality w- within your area because people feel more connected and are willing to support and invest into each other a lot more. Okay. So... Within the area that you said communities, so we're in RBKC. Yes. Um, what would you say is the <clears throat> most common, um, the most common youth violence? So the most common form of youth yeah. violence. Yeah. So um, statistically, it'll be it'll be it'll be knife violence, um, and well, there's 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 many two types really, well three, but uh, it's, it'll be knife violence, firearms, and I guess direct physical violence so you know hitting mm. using the hands type of thing um knife 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 violence will be first and then and then it'll be f- uh physical violence and then there'll be firearms is this this is this the order in rbkc yeah okay it's generally lower compared to the other london boroughs and um the national average itself but obviously it exists and it is in the same okay mm-hmm. that's um that's good to know because a lot of people do wonder what what is uh the current uh most used form yeah. of violence yeah um and when i say it's lower i'm not, I'm not trying to like lessen the impact of no it. of course it's just not. talking about quantifiably that's what it is 
Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. What do you think? Yeah, you? I'd agree 100%. I'd say definitely um, knife violence is the one that's the most popular at the moment amongst the young people. Mm-hmm. The amount of, they just carry it on themselves all the time. It's just for protection, <clears throat> they say. Um, but um, it's just a different types of um, weapons that they can get as well because these knives have got different names. They've got, they've got, they call it ZKs calling it a zombie knife for example oh, man, and then yeah. they've got like flickies which is like a mm-hmm. flick out knife sort of thing and it's easy for them to hide it and it's easy mm-hmm. for them to put it away and stuff like that so that's why people tend to carry them all the time so yeah i'd say knife one is the most popular whereas physical one is dropped dramatically as a result mm-hmm. of people having the need to defend themselves with knives don't they care about the consequences that comes with it not really not really as far as i'm aware i don't feel like they're aware of the comfort they they don't care about the consequences because they've seen their friends get away with it. You know what I mean? Mm. Uh, what happens mm. is they've got friends who've been stopped with knives and straight away they've been released the next day. You know what I mean? So um, there isn't much they can do. You know what I mean? There's first-time offences. They're aware that it's first-time offences. They're aware if they're repeat offenders. So um, the best way to go about it is basically just letting them know that what the risks are. They're not aware enough. So there needs to be more people. There must be... Uh, civic partnership response in terms of the fact that there's more workshops and there's more opportunities for them to know about what the results are, more relationships with the police, building that relationship because it's completely broken in general. Mm. And if not for the police, people who can actually like bridge that gap, like St. Giles, mm. like um, mm. other organisations that I'm aware of as well. So yeah, that's the best that, just, just to add to what Walid is saying, yeah. I, don't, I don't know if this was your experience when you was a panel member, I mean, yeah. when I was a panel member, mm-hmm. Um, I did it in I, I did it in a, in a in a youth offending service in South London. I won't name them, but um, I was gold dust because number one, I was a man. Number two, I was young, and number two, number three, I was an ethnic minority. Yeah, absolute gold dust. Whereas everybody else is a retirement <laughs> age, <laughs> white British, which is fine because they've made their time available. <clears throat> mm-hmm. But people that look like me, or for instance, were just not there, and so right. you know, I was constantly being used in a good way in terms of kind of being involved in these panel mem- meetings and kind of helping support. So you was the golden goose. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Just because yeah. availability, not because I was amazing at what I was doing. It's just so rare to get I like to think I was yeah. amazing, but I was available. I'm pretty sure you was. I'm pretty sure you was. Don't sell yourself short. Don't sell yourself short. <laughs> um, so all this panel talk that you're, I'm hearing, because yeah. um, you mentioned it, Walid mentioned it as well. What are their current, are there current opportunities at this time um, within the borough to be part of a panel? Well, I, I don't know if it's, I'll have to ask the the RBKC Defending Service. I'm sure there will be, but there will be also other availabilities. And what does that mean them. to be part of a panel? Because we spoke, you just mentioned panel, but some of the viewers might not know what that might consist of or what might that lead to. Or, yeah. or what is it require one day a week? Is it yeah. twice a week? Yeah. Is it maybe just once a month? Yeah. And... Um, yeah, if you just just touch on that a little okay. bit. I mean, Walid, you did it most recently. So yeah. I don't know if you want to... If you wanna well, for me, it was basically when the young person <laughs> receives an order, you know what I mean, a, a, to attend um, a youth offending service, for example. And then my role would be just to sit down with the young person and almost look for reparations for them to do and also talk about the best form of practice for them after leaving that. So obviously taking them away from serious risks that are there to them and making sure that they aren't, they're aware of the consequences of what they've done and finding the suitable, what the, the decision should be, you know? Um, mm. Should they, as a result of receiving a youth offending order now, should they be given a certain 
restriction to giving an electric t- electronic tag on their leg, for example, or something else. Okay, and that's uh, you yeah, don't so need no qualifications. Like yeah, you don't need no uh, sort of background to be part of a panel. You can just be anyone, right? And just member of the what's, community. What's the criteria yeah, for that? The, the figure was you have to be a member of the community. I mean, when I'm like that, it's got to be living in the area, yeah. which it was at the time. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Remember your local right. community or that or that particular local Something community. Something else but, as well. But it was a bit different for me. I mean, I did it years, years ago. ago. I, I wasn't... <laughs> how, how, how long was that? It wasn't BC time, though. <laughs> so I was I was 18 at the time. It was 2009. So That's was, when Bitcoin came out. I was... I was, yeah. it, was, it, was <laughs> it was 2009 and I, and, I, and I was doing it there. And uh, it wasn't my direct local borough, funnily enough. So I did it in another borough. Right. Um, yeah. So what I, that's why I was asking my lead if there's if there's been any significant changes. I think, yeah, yeah. I, you, you don't. I think that for me, you had just had to be available. I, I did recently have a student that I was mentoring from a university and mm-hmm. didn't have a great experience in terms of volunteer trying to just trying to. Uh, she she went for an interview and she didn't get it. She was a young young Muslim girl and she was told that she couldn't do it because essentially she wasn't she didn't have the lived experience, um, <laughs> so she wasn't. Uh, oh, and, and I was and I that's I, I couldn't yeah that's new that's that's, yeah. that's a terrible absolute terrible reason mm. not to not to allow someone to kind of put kind of contribute and to be involved in that because you don't know what her lived experience and how that would help the people that she's working with because how many of these are the people young um, people there are going to encounter maybe someone like her there and what she can add to that so uh, but it, it, you know, that was hopefully it's a real kind of one-off, one-off type mm. of thing. So yeah, yeah, let's hope so. Absolutely, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, but that's that's really good that we managed to actually discuss the various ways that you could get involved uh, within civic participation to try and uh, reduce serious youth violence through mm-hmm. various ways. And we we visited the very basic of things such as getting to know your neighbour, uh, being involved with your local football team or volunteering maybe once a month at your local church or mosque or synagogue mm-hmm. or Godwara, wherever it may be, to full on being on a panel and dedicating your hours to um, volunteering. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, there's a variety of choice and I don't think people should uh, definitely just dismiss it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and even though sometimes you may not be thinking that at this point it's not your concern but just think about later down the line it might impact you or someone around you yeah uh, and yeah uh, as they say prevent is better than cure 100 you know um, Fact, yeah, I yeah. Agree. yeah so so any do you have any like additional comments that you'd want to add as a takeaway message for those who are watching yeah i i think um just on a deeper level i think we all as just human beings want uh meaning and purpose in life and uh trying to find out what that is and sometimes we can be caught in a analysis by paralysis type of situation where you're just thinking and overthinking things how do i move forward what do i do when do i do it what, what am i what am i what am i here for essentially what was it analysis by paris so oh, sorry paralysis by analysis so overthinking something that is sensational you could yeah, have just, just said you just, could just said overthinking <laughs> sorry just 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 <laughs> oh. just overthinking things all wow. the time and um, which 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 but it does sound good though i'm not gonna yeah, lie oh yeah well it, i heard it and I that's thought, the that's csi i like to language. think i i coined it but i can't <laughs> it belongs to somebody else but you know we all kind of have those in, in 
it's not a bad, it, it, it can be bad, obviously, if, it, if you aren't moving, aren't doing anything and you feel stagnant, you feel yeah. maybe mm-hmm. incompetent or incapable of doing things. And I think volunteering and engaging and doing different things in your community, no matter how little or how small, start off little, um, start off whether it's whether it's your local neighbour and begin to say mm-hmm. hello to them in the morning, checking up on the old lady that lives across the street from you, like making sure she's okay. Start off by maybe looking at Google, what are... Simple, local, stuff, simple yeah. stuff and then kind of building yeah. on from that and growing from that and maybe the first thing that you do might not be the things that you want to do but it leads into something else that you're good at that's you're, it you're going to want two things in life one that you're things that something that you're really good at and um and being able uh, to have the ability to do and the thing that and that you enjoy so if you enjoy something and are good at it keep on cracking on and, and volunteering and participating in your communities is what's going to help do, help you do that a hundred percent I agree with what you said and simple stuff just a smile does a lot 100 percent. smiling yeah. at people does not cost you money it doesn't uh, it, doesn't it doesn't take doesn't. away anything from you <laughs> it doesn't. and it's just it's a pleasant thing to add into your yeah, life absolutely. yeah and even though you said you might not be good at something it doesn't necessarily mean that you're incompetent it just means this isn't a perfect fit for you yeah exactly and there's exactly. other options out there you're in a city that is has that has potentially endless opportunities Precisely. So don't let no one try to talk yeah. you down or discourage you saying that, you know what, you're no good for this or you're not really um, a perfect match. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, no one is perfect. If they do claim to be perfect, then you got to just think, really? <laughs> really? Is that the case? <laughs> um, yeah. So don't take um, feedback to heart if it's not coming with constructive element to it. Yeah. So if they're giving you some feedback and nothing to follow up with on how to improve, then take yeah. it with a pinch of salt mm, absolutely uh, yeah well what, what do you think Willie? um i i'd echo what he said but i'll just um say as well um that you everyone that's listening right now you can be that change you can be that person mm-hmm. you can make that difference doesn't matter what walk of life you've come from what you've experienced in the past you can actively be responsible for being a better person and also just you know what you see what's happening around you all the time you know what i mean and this is the best chance for you to like if you're if you're taking anything that we said in serious youth fighters is on the rise these young people do need more role models they do need more people giving back if you're successful and you've got a successful career but you've grew up in a so, um, a council estate for example or in the similar surroundings to most young people are growing up to today then be that person who goes back and give something back you know because then you'll be their role models because they haven't got no role models nowadays you know and you can be that person you can be that person that they look up to uh, my role model when i was growing up let me just say off the top of my head was will smith well the old will smith the old will smith or something whatever yeah i um, even consider the that fresh statement the fresh the better yeah, one yeah. yeah yeah but then i could never be like him what have i got in common with him i didn't want to was taking it back to my culture okay cool what well, somali man is a role model to me i was like mm. okay cool let me think like yeah mo farah maybe but i can't run like him so you know it's just limited you, you, you got know a what few mean? somali celebrities now we do we've got yeah. Chunks we've got Maya Jama we've got a couple yeah. but at the same yeah. time you know what I mean Puff Daddy now Puff is Puff, he Somali or is that a rumour I don't know I, I heard it was, it was yeah, like true. 50-50 Denzel, a lot, Denzel Washington there's a couple <laughs> <laughs> there's a couple I think, couple. I think we need couple. to tweet him say that, are you Somali <laughs> I don't know Denzel uh, Washington yeah. Denzel Beyonce there's a couple but um, Beyonce as well okay <laughs> we're claiming them all now <laughs> but now literally just, you can be that person who 
to give back and be that role mm. model. That's just mm-hmm. what I encourage. Yeah, 100%. that's what it is. Wow, that's yeah. powerful. You know what, guys? Thank you so much for coming. Oh, thanks for it's, having us. Thank you, been, bro. Big pleasure. Such a good conversation. Yeah. Hopefully, we'll have many other things to talk about within community safety. Look forward to it. Um, and until then, people, if you liked what you've seen today, please comment, like, subscribe, subscribe. and we'll see you next time. Pleasure. Take care. Take care. Bye bye.